This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The facts that will be presented are true. Scientists representing the world's foremost research centers took part in the examination of the evidence. Welcome to Paranormal Guys Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Chad. And this is our uh, first show. Yeah, it's our first one. We hope there's a little bit of information here that everybody likes to hear and enjoy. If you're into paranormal, ghosts, monsters, weird stuff in general, we just want to take you on a sweet little journey. But just me and Chris, we'd like to uh, take you along on a sweet little ride. <laughs> so maybe... Uh, since being the first show and everything, Chad, maybe we should tell everybody kind of a little bit why we did decide to go ahead and do this. Sure. Why don't you start? Um, I generally just wanted to do it just because, you know, I've always liked paranormal, kind of odd, weird things, and you and I seem to be pretty decent at talking about things. So kind of naturally led into, hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah, I got you. Well, you know, I've always enjoyed the strange and unusual and I've uh, seen a few strange and unusual things, and I've always uh, enjoyed reading a lot about it and watching on TV and going out on super ghostly adventures. So I thought, you know, it'd be great if we could get together and just talk about the things that we're interested in. Right. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and kick into the show. Do you have any news stories? I do, actually. I found this quite interesting. I uh, saw where a photo has popped up online that says that this bizarre photo has paranormal investigators convinced that time travel has already happened. Uh, it's pretty interesting. There is a Greek funerary relief sculpture from about 100 B.C. shows a young attendant girl holding an object that appears to be open at a right angle for a distinguished-looking woman to view. Uh, it is kept in the J. Paul Getty Museum in Malibu, California. Uh, experts describe the object as a shallow chest. But you know what? doesn't look like a shallow chest. Uh, after pictures started to show up, people jumped on the fact they think it's a modern-day laptop. Laptop. Now, mm-hmm. now, I've looked at the picture, and I'll be honest. It looks like a laptop. It doesn't look like a chest. Uh, I don't know what you would fit in a chest that's this shallow, but it looks like a modern-day laptop. Now, some people put some videos of the picture up on YouTube and the narration on the video says it depicts an astonishing object which bears a striking resemblance with a modern laptop or some handheld device. Now, it's too narrow to be a box. It, it really is. It, it looks straight up like a laptop. I think if people want to go and take a look at it for themselves, 
you can uh, we're gonna put uh, in the notes where you can go take a look at this online. Of course, you can YouTube that it's a laptop and a Greek sculpture, but it's pretty unique. I mean, now if I remember right, they say there's also two places that may look like some sort of port. On the side of the laptop? There are. There are two spots on the side that look like ports. One looks like a power port. One looks like you could plug just a power cord into it or a old school like PS2 connector for a mouse. But yeah, it, it does. Now, I want to automatically call shenanigans. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> okay, why? First off, round connectors. I, I can go with a round connector for a power cord. But the other one, if they're saying that may be a USB, USBs aren't round. USBs are like... Square. Nobody said it was you. I'm just saying. The other thing is, we all know how long a battery lasts on a laptop. So where are they charging that thing? It's powered by the gods. Oh, god-powered laptop. Yep, god-powered laptop. You don't have to plug it in and charge it. It gets struck by lightning and it's ready to go. Well, that's convenient. So yeah, like Chad said, we'll go ahead and put a link up to a picture of that on our uh, show notes. So if you would like to see the shenanigan-filled laptop sculpture then uh you can go right ahead and do that i'm just saying shenanigans okay well chad i have a new story here for us that i thought was really exciting <laughs> you sound excited i am it's about the uh, bermuda triangle Ooh. yes it appears that a boat that went missing 90 years ago has came back forgive my pronunciation of the boat's name here it says, from Havana, the Cuban Coast Guard announced this morning that they had intercepted an unmanned ship heading for the island, which is presumed to be the SS Cotopaxi, a tramp steamer which vanished in December of 1925 and has since been connected to the legend of the Bermuda Triangle. Cuban authorities spotted the ship for the first time on May 16th near a restricted military zone west of Havana. They made many unsuccessful attempts to communicate with the crew and finally mobilized three patrol boats to intercept it. When they reached it, they were surprised to find that the ship was actually a nearly 100-year-old steamer identified as the Cotopaxi, a name famously associated with the legend of the Bermuda Triangle. There was no one on board the ship, and it seemed to have been abandoned for decades, suggesting that this could actually be the tramp freighter that disappeared in 1925. So perhaps the Bermuda Triangle has given us back one of its captives. I, d- I don't know. You know, if you think about it, there's a lot of cruise ships, they pretty much say these days, that when people go- have gone out on them, and after they've been on a cruise, and they come back, they feel like they've been gone for 90 years. Little little drinking? Yeah, a little drinking. Little, too, too much time at the buffet? Maybe the boat just flips over for some random reason. Pirates? I don't know. Well, that's, that's fine, but this was the Cuban Coast Guard. I mean, take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty impressive. I'm surprised it lasted that long floating around the sea. Yeah, because you got to think, if it's just floating around, if it unless it's doing big circles, where where is it? Why is it not ended up in like India? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I couldn't soak my porthole that long. All right, well, I think that's enough news for today. So why don't we jump right on into our main stories? Okay. Well, I know the one that I have. I uh, for our initial show, I kind of wanted to. Find some things that are sort of local, uh, right? To our yeah, area. yeah. I I think it would be good as much as possible to kind of keep it local, since people probably don't know, but we are in the southern Indiana, northern Kentucky area, so there's a lot of weird stuff that kind of goes on. The Metro Louisville area, Kentuckyana. So, and I know the story that you picked out to do today. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually found one that was related to that. Found a follow-up story. No, not a follow-up. No. A lead-in. A lead-in. A lead-in story. Ooh. So unless you were already clued into this, Chad, the story I'm going to talk about is the green-clawed monster of Evansville. Oh, I think I might have heard about this. This is a good story. So it appears on August 21st of 1955. 1955? Right, we have to get in our Wayback Machine and go to 1955. One Mrs. Darwin Johnson and her friend Miss, Mrs. Chris Lamble decided to take a leisurely swim in the Ohio River near Evansville. Mrs. Johnson was wading in the cool water as her friend floated on a raft nearby. While only 15 feet from shore, Johnson was suddenly grabbed around the knee by a strong, hairy, claw-like hand and drug under the water. As Lamble screamed in horror, Johnson was able to kick her leg free and surfaced, but was almost immediately grabbed a second time and dragged once again under the surface. Again, Johnson was able to break free, but this time lunged for Lamble's inner tube, the splash of impact apparently scaring the creature away. Once she got back on shore, Johnson was treated for multiple contusions on her leg, at which point a green palm print-shaped stain was discovered where she had been grabbed. And the stain could not be removed for several days. Now, if that doesn't get you right there, it turns out that a few days after the incident, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson were visited in their home by a man who claimed to be an Air Force colonel. He took extensive notes about the incident and then warned warned the couple not to speak about it to anyone from that point on. Wow. Green-clawed monster. Green-clawed monster in the river. The, The only downside to that is... August 21st, 1955. That was roughly one year after the creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. was released. So, was there some paranoia going on about the whole Black Lagoon monster? I don't know. You know, if you've got claw marks and that uh, stuff they put in the uh, porta potties stayed in your leg, I think that maybe, you know, you're, you're pushing it pretty far if you're trying to fake that. Exactly. Besides, you know that date, um, August 21st, 1955... That uh, happens to be the same day of the story that I have. That's right, because the the green clawed monster, it was only reported once, never, ever again. So you might go ahead and just say, oh, well, that was just a hoax. You know, it was a downed tree in the river that got her, and she didn't know what it was. But it just so happened that only 80 miles away from that incident on the same day, like you just said, a lot of UFO people like to call the most terrifying report in UFO history occurred. That's right, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. And one of the reasons why this one is so terrifying is that it was just everyday people. They weren't looking for fame, weren't looking for fortune, didn't want to be bothered. And um, this is one of those UFO stories that a lot of people actually believe something really happened. may not be extraterrestrials, but... From the descriptions and everything that went on, it's pretty out there. But let me go on and get started and give you a little bit of uh, background on what's going on here. This uh, this happened in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Uh, it was with a family that had they had some relatives that were in visiting. It was on the evening of August 21st, 1955, once again the same day. Billy Ray Taylor of Pennsylvania, he was visiting the Sutton family of Kentucky. Uh, the Sutton family home, it was a rural farmhouse located near the towns of Kelly and Hopkinsville in Christian County, Kentucky. 
There were a total of 11 people in the house that night, including the children of the two families. The Sutton farmhouse had no running water, so Billy Ray Taylor had to go outside to the water pump to get a drink. It was around 7 in the evening, and Taylor said he observed strange lights in the sky to the west, which he believed to be an unusual craft. He described his dish shaped in appearance. He stated that this craft featured lights on its side and had all the colors of the rainbow. Ooh, it was a pretty UFO. It was. He ran back to the house excitedly telling the others about his flying saucer sighting, but no one believed him. Instead, they thought that he had become overly excited after seeing a shooting star. At around 8 p.m., the family began hearing strange noises and unexplained sounds outside. The Sutton family dog, which was in the yard outside, began barking loudly and then hid under the house. It stayed there until the next day. Going outside a few minutes later with their firearms, uh, Billy Ray Taylor and Elmer Lucky Sutton, Lucky. Not tonight. Uh, then say they saw a strange creature slowly emerge from the nearby trees. Now, okay, there's a lot of people that say they see aliens and and they get within a few feet and then next thing you know, they're running to the ship. They have lost time. They don't remember anything. None of that happened. Um, they actually say the creature approached, got within about 20 feet, and then they decided they were just going to start shooting. So one had a shotgun, the other had a twenty-two rifle, and they heard a noise that sounded like bullets being rattled around in a metal drum. So, hang on. Something comes out of the woods and is coming toward you. The first thing you think is, let's shoot it. Well, I think a lot of people probably would have done that. If it was unusual and it was coming towards your house and you're out in the sticks, you know, you're probably hunting have lots of firearms and it doesn't look like just some guy in a ball cap that's coming up to say howdy neighbor they're probably going to open fire on it i i mean i know what i would do which would be if it looked somewhat dangerous or like it was up to no good in general yeah i i would scream like a girl poop my pants and run back in the house i completely believe that i would but um so you know it got close they started to shoot at it and they said that it sounded like you know, metal drum. Like, the bullets were just rattling around inside over it. So, it after they hit it, it flipped over, ran back into the darkness and the shadows. And uh, they thought they had wounded the creature. So, Sutton and Solomon went to look for it. As they stepped from the porch, the men saw another of the creatures perching on an awning. They shot the creature, knocked it off of the roof, and again they heard the rattling noise. Although the creature was apparently unharmed. Sutton and Solomon returned to the house in a disturbed state. Within minutes, Lucky's brother, J.C. Sutton, and he saw the same creature, or a similar creature, peering into a window in the home J.C. J.C. and Solomon shot at it. Oh. Breaking the window, it also flipped over and fled. Creature could be heard scurrying about on the roof and scratching as though trying to break through the ceiling. For several hours, the witnesses claimed the creatures repeatedly approached the home either popping up at the doorway or peering into the windows in an almost playful manner. So so right there, I mean, look, it wasn't like they were trying anal probe them or anything like that. They, they were just popping in. Maybe they were hungry and they were just like, hey, why are you guys cooking? Well, not yet. I mean, they hadn't made the house yet, so the anal probes couldn't happen until they made it past the ray of fire, apparently, that they were getting. <laughs> but, you know, I mean... Just trying to get into the house, It'd pop up in doorways, peer in windows, act like they were goofing off. Now, if you're 
technologically advanced being from another world. Is this one of those examples where you act like you throw the ball and the dog thinks you threw the ball and you got it behind your back and you think it's funny as hell because the dog's losing its mind? Was, so so you're, you're saying basically that they started messing with them and then they decided it was a lot of fun because it was making the people go bonkers. So they thought, hey, you know what else would be fun? Let's run around on the roof and look at their window. Yeah. I think this might have been the teenagers took the flying saucer out for the night. Which might be a good thing because it was if it was probably mom and dad or the general of the uh, Martian army. Definitely probes. As soon as they started shooting at them, they might have, they might have ended civilization. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. I think there might have been more of them at that point. Or at least, they, you know, they probably have one of those little GPS trackers. They popped on the flying saucer and knew where they were. Well, well, hang on. Does how big were these guys? Does it say? Uh, I think it said they were just about three feet tall. So we're not talking eight foot tall. No, no. Scary alien. No, no, nothing, nothing that big. You so, know, so about the size that if it got too close, you could just haul off and punt it across the yard. Yeah, and the thing is, they only would ever see like two or three at a time. Then they saw one alone. The first report they made claimed there were like 12 to 15 at one point. The witnesses shot one of the beings at nearly point-blank range and again would insist that the sound resembled bullets striking metal bucket. Tink. Now, here's something, too. These creatures weren't running around on their, their legs. They were floating. It said that they seemed to be atrophied and nearly useless as far as their legs go. It seemed like they would propel themselves with a curious hip-swaying motion. <laughs> steering with their arms. Elvis. Clark writes that if the creatures were in a tree or on the roof when hit by gunfire, they would float, not fall to the ground. So not only were they attacking, or not really attacking, but just popping up here and there at this house, freaking these people out, but they would just float around. So they, they were playing alien pop a mole. Yeah, pretty much. With the people. Pretty much. They were just like, hey, look at me. I'm an alien. I can float. Woo! Can't hit me. Yeah. Middle chingling. And then at about 11 p.m., State Highway Trooper near Kelly independently reported some unusual meteor-like objects flying overhead with a sound like artillery fire coming directly from them. Uh, the Sutton family matriarch, Mrs. Lankford, counseled at the end to the hostilities, noting that the creatures had never seemed to try harming anyone nor had they actually entered the house. So all this is going on. They don't actually get in the house. And that supports your theory of... I think they were just screwing Crazy alien shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between appearances from the creatures, the family tried to temper the children's growing hysteria. At about 11 p.m., the Taylor Sutton crew decided to flee the farmhouse in their automobiles. After about 30 minutes, they arrived at the Hopkinsville Police Station. Police Chief Russell Greenwell judged the witnesses to have been frightened by something... Beyond reason, not ordinary. He also uh, stated that these were not the sort of people who normally ran to the police. Something frightened them. Something beyond their comprehension. A police officer with medical training determined that Billy Ray's pulse was more than two times as fast as usual. You know what else causes that? Drugs. I don't think at this point there were a lot of drugs going around. Just saying. And probably the drugs that they would have been using probably would have mellowed them out a lot more. Well, that is true. So, they went to the police. 
They did go now, to the police. Did, did they get a normal police? Uh, year? Okay, yeah, you're right. UFOs and aliens, uh, go about your business? Well, actually, since this was 1955, you know, they actually did, the police did go back with them. And uh, the police officers accompanied the Suttons back to the farmhouse. Several entered to assess the situation. According to Daniels, the official response was prompt and thorough. By all accounts, the witnesses were deemed sane, not under the influence of alcohol or other drugs, and Ah. in such a state of terror that no one involved doubted that they had seen something far beyond their comprehension. Police interviewed residents of neighboring farmhouses. They were also distressed and reported to the police strange lights, strange sounds, and of hearing the gun battle at the Sutton Farmstead. Police had photographers who visited the home, saw many bullet holes, hundreds of spent shells, and further discovered that Clark describes as an odd luminous patch along a fence where one of the beings had been shot. Mm-hmm. And in the woods beyond, a green light whose source could not be determined, though the investigation was inconclusive. They said that investigators did conclude, however, that these people were sincere and sane and that they had no interest in exploiting the case for publicity. Patch sample, although photographed, was never collected and had mysteriously disappeared by noon the next day. Police left around 2.15 a.m. Not long afterwards, witnesses claimed that the creatures returned. Billy Ray fired at them once more, ruining yet another window. The last of the creatures was allegedly sighted just before dawn at about 4.45 a.m. on August 22nd, and they were never seen again. Never seen again. Now, this case was actually very famous. They called it the Hopkinsville Goblin case because Lucky and the rest of the family referred to these creatures as goblins straight from hell, uh, garnered massive publicity within hours of its alleged occurrence. On August 22, 1955, Kentucky New Era claimed that 12 to 15 little men had been seen. Clark writes that none of the witnesses ever claimed this, rather that the observers had no idea how many of the creatures there were. They could only be certain that there were at least two because they saw that number at the same time. I did a little bit of reading on this story, too. Mm -hmm. And wasn't there another reported man in black uh, interview after this i think i remember reading that that but the the drawback to it was they claimed it was an officer from the army that came to interview the people they um they actually did question the family members quite extensively after this happened they had radio interviews you know once they talked to the uh the adults and they had talked to the male witnesses and of course all the shooting they did insist that the beings had antenna. You know, they were typical, look like weird little aliens. Right. In, in metal costumes. Now, the thing that's really odd about this is that it is so, it's so isolated. You know, they, they show up. It's a little farm out in the middle of nowhere. It's with a bunch of just country folk. They're just kind of hanging out. They didn't bother anybody else. After they got done with them, it's not like they went to the neighbor's house. They didn't go into town. They didn't blow up anything with a laser gun. It's just, it's it's odd all around. It's just very strange. Right. Some of the debunking of the story that you read, uh, this story has a lot of, I think more than usual, because, you know, you get a lot of UFO sightings that they try to describe as this or that and just give a generally lame excuse as to why it is. This one, I think, has some of the most lame debunk excuses that I've seen in a story. Well, and now, first of all, going with your idea of, you know, it it seems like it could be real. The Suttons, after the story, they never tried to make money off of this. 
they never tried to write a book, sell books, give tours of their farm. They never tried to do get any money out of it. And, in fact, when they were shooting at the aliens, they shot up their house quite a bit, from what I read. Yeah. So, if you weren't going to try to make money from a sighting, why would you shoot your house up knowing you were going to have to repair that yourself? Yeah. And they just don't, just from all the interviews that and the stories that I've read about this, they just don't seem like the type of people that would have put this together, freaked out the kids, or got them in on the story. I mean, it was listed, this case was actually listed in Project Blue Books, in Blue Book, they listed it as a hoax. They were interviewed, you know, by civilian ufologists. They were interviewed by people at the Air Force Base. And I mean, after extensive questioning, they really, nobody could figure out why they would want to hoax this because they really didn't have anything to gain personally. Well, and it says that including Billy Ray and Lucky, in total, seven adults were witness to the events, and all of them were questioned separately, and each one gave the same story, and the few of them that they actually had do sketches of the goblins all drew pretty much the same sketch. Yeah, and let's look at it this way. You know, if you're going to hoax something like this, if you're going to say, yeah, these aliens showed up my house, they tried to get in, why would you drag it on? For that long of a duration, have them stop, have them come back. It just seems like you'd be putting a lot of work into something that you're really you're not going to be able to prove because you don't have a dead alien laying there, right? You have a crashed spaceship, but I mean, I mean, literally, if you just if you wanted to screw with somebody, you know, I mean, you know, when you were a kid, you had an uncle or something had a weird Halloween mask, knew there were some kids sitting downstairs watching TV, sitting in the living room. Next thing you know, he's popping up, putting his face in the window, freaking him out. He might exactly. run off, do it a couple times. Then, then you're done. You know, you can't keep it up or the kids are going to know you're out there with a rubber mask. Exactly. Don't, don't you have one of the Peeping Tom window clings? I don't, but you know I want to get one of those. Looks like he's got his hands cupped and he's looking through the window. I recommend if you uh, ever want to freak one of your friends out, go get one. Just look up uh, the Peeping Tom like window prop. It looks like a dude's head in a hoodie and he's peeking through the window. And uh, he just suction cups right on. They got one with a tapping finger now, too. It's got a little piece of metal in it. Nice. And he taps. He's motion activated. Yeah, those are those are a lot of fun. Well, back, back to the story. Now, there are a few things that really bug me about this. One, and this is true with a lot of UFO cases or just any cryptid in general, is the way mainly government officials try to explain things away. They come up with the most off-the-wall, harebrained ideas to explain something away. Instead of, you know, if there's nothing there, just say, hey, yeah, you didn't see anything, sorry. But no, they come out with, and my favorite on this case is, they claimed that earlier in the day, someone had seen a silver spray-painted monkey escape from a circus. And that's what the, the uh, that Billy Ray and Lucky and the uh, Suttons were shooting at, were silver spray-painted monkeys. Now... I don't know about you, but last time I checked, monkeys aren't made of metal. And if you shoot one, it's probably going to die. Well, and it also did help the fact that some of the uh, the witnesses, the family members, they actually worked for a carnival. See, that, that was another point I was going to bring up. That I think the biggest travesty of this story is the discrimination that took place. Just because two of the family members were carnies, they were automatically dismissed. But you know, smell like small hands you're discriminating again 
<laughs> but the other explanation, other than silver spray-painted monkeys, was owls. And that that's how they explained that they seemed to be hovering instead of walking. That the reason they were converging on the Sutton's house and attacking, air quotes, was it was mating season for the owls, and they were nesting nearby, and the owls were upset. You know, it's pretty common knowledge that horny owls make chinging metal noises when they're out there and trying to get I think that's great horned owls. Oh, great horny owls. But yeah, once again, I don't know that owls make metallic sounds when they're shot, and I, once again, think they may very well die when you (laughs) shoot them. Well... The Suttons weren't happy with it. For a brief period of time, a lot of people wanted to go out, see the farm, see the location. It became a tourist attraction, and then the Suttons were upset. They actually tried to start charging people an interest fee to get them to leave. They convinced the sightseers that the family was attempting to make money for the event and increase the public view that the event was a hoax. Uh, They refused all visitors. They refused to discuss the event further just to keep people from coming onto the property. Really? If you want to, if you want to look at it at this angle, they weren't trying to get people to come and spend money to look at the farm. If they were, they'd have like, it was 1955, you know, sideshows weren't unheard of. Carnivals were very popular. You know, they could have had shell casings. They could have had oh, alien, yeah. alien evidence grass where the alien blood was. They could run a tour. They, they could have had a hubcap and said it was part of one of their little metallic suits they were wearing. Yeah. So... Especially by them being connected to the carnival or circus, they they would know how to set that stuff up there'd, in a second. Yeah, there'd be some showmanship going on there. They they would have seen would have seen something that would have said, "Hey, we can make a buck," but they didn't do it. So to me, that says one, they really did see something that screwed with them. Two, they were really upset, and they just didn't want to have to deal with people scrutinizing them for you know, we were attacked by aliens anymore. Yeah, they, they just want they everybody to leave. They didn't want it, want it to become the sideshow themselves. Yeah. Now, I'm with you. I th- I think they they did see something. Do I think it was Great Horned Owls? Probably not. Do I think it was Silver Spray Painted Monkeys? No. I don't think it was Silver Spray Painted Monkeys. <laughs> well, but then at the same time, do I think it was little green men with antennas and alien goblin things? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, but was it? Well, we're not really ever going to know because we weren't there. You know, I mean, they pointed out things like monkeys are hairy, monkeys have long tails, monkeys are notorious for making little chattering noises. Monkeys that you shoot usually just die. Yeah, they they don't they don't float, flip over backwards, and then float away. Uh, not that I've ever seen. Unless uh, it's the monkey's ghost. Could be a monkey's ghost, but you know, okay. People see weird apparitions, people see ghosts, people see dogmen, people see Bigfoot. Are you saying they were monkey ghosts? No. No. But what I am saying is that, you know, there's a lot of other explanations for apparitions. You know, they think that, some people think that Bigfoot is multidimensional. That's right. So, they could have seen something very odd. Maybe it wasn't something that was... Something you would see every day in this realm, in this reality, in this dimension. Maybe they weren't from outer space. Who knows? Do you believe that the green-clawed monster thing in Evansville and this had anything to do with one another? I can't say that I do. Yeah, I don't really either. Even though, I, you know, with the story that you're telling, I do know that the, the lady that was attacked did say 
when she was shown a drawing of the uh, of the goblins that attacked the farm that it looked like the same thing that attacked her she's underwater you know she's getting pulled around under there i don't really know how you would see it that well but i really don't see them going hitting the farmhouse having a good rocking time then they land their ship in the bottom of the ohio river and just decide to hang out and look for feet right now well i mean what if it had a foot fetish well now here's something though that's really odd the the clawed monster now they did take some samples of some mud and the mud samples that they took were found in cave systems that were down in the ohio river so okay first of all if you're an alien you attack farm you go head out I don't really see you just hanging out in the bottom of the river, crawling around in caves in this ancient mud, which is the only place that mud could show up from. I think they're two completely unrelated things. Now, I will say the Ohio River has some pretty freaky stuff in it. Right. I think that was the scariest part of the Green Clawed Monster story was the fact that they were swimming in the Ohio River. <laughs> well, now, where I come from, uh, a little town called Brandenburg, there's a bridge that they've had to do maintenance on and in the 1980s, when divers were down there, uh, one of them came out of the river. He's practically running out of the river and said he wasn't going back down because while he was checking the, the structure, he decided to sit down on a log and the log swam away. So dun, dun, dun. That's right. Um, so there's enough scary stuff down in that river. I don't think an alien's going to grab you and try to kill you. Well, now, was the, was the log he said on one of the legendary volkswagen sized catfish or did it was it a it was a catfish oh uh, okay yeah it, it didn't have big claws it was just a giant catfish but the thing is that river's got some messed up stuff in it yeah and whether it's mutated just naturally in there a giant hellbender three-eyed fish could be a three-eyed fish hellbender they they don't have to be mutated hellbenders freak me out don't take your finger off one. man they're they don't need to live they had one at the louisville zoo it was like 30 years old when i went to see it and that was 10 15 years ago and it was small, you know, it was maybe a foot long. I don't know how big they get, but who wants to run into something like that in a river or an eel or oh. one of these crazy spoon-billed catfish? You see their corpse on the side every once in a while, it looks like a damn sea monster. Well, now you're just talking about normal animals. It, it doesn't matter. There's still weird stuff that's in there, and you don't see it every day. So, you know, the stuff that you don't see on a daily basis that shows up dead on the shore of the river... What else is in there crawling around? That, that's why I don't go in any water that's not clear and smells of chlorine. If you can't see the bottom, I'm not going in it. Even in Florida, sometimes that doesn't help people. Alligators just hang out. But that doesn't smell of chlorine. I mean a pool, Chad. Yeah. Sorry, I had to explain that. Oh. Well, anyway, so weird events. I don't think the two things are related. I don't think there's aliens and aliens that are also swamp monsters. And, and if you're floating around because you got little gimpy legs how are you going to swim around the water and grab somebody makes no sense that is true yeah i'm thinking it was just a really furry black lagoon monster just hanging out cruising looking for chicks lost that one but you know well at what kind of monster is it that you get scared away when she jumps enough to make a big splash hitting her friend's inner tube i don't know that he yeah. just goes oh you ever seen a woman really freak out? I mean... Well, that is true. I don't care what kind of monster you are. That's right. She probably flipped out, did that, and he was like, oh, son of a... Probably felt guilty afterwards, and he had, like, monster remorse. <laughs> I shouldn't have grabbed her the second like, time. Like, I really didn't mean any disrespect to you, ma'am, but 
I just thought that, you know, you were there in the water asking well, for it. Hey, mate, wait, we didn't think about this. Maybe it was the green-clawed monster that was in distress. Maybe he wasn't a river monster, and he was in trouble and drowning. No. You know what I think happened? She's out there flopping around the water like she owns it. One of her toes probably went in his eye or something. He uh, grabs her, just stop her. He can't help it because he's got these nasty clawed sandpaper she's hands. Kicking him in these the che- face. He's got these cheese grater hands. She's freaking out because she's feeling him trying to push her out of the way. So basically, he's just like, "Lady, quit!" He's just like, "I just don't want you to do this to me." And she's kicking the hell out of him. And he's the only well, thing I can okay. really do is push you out of the way. Here you go. Here's here's the scenario. She kicks him first time. Mm-hmm. He he kind of grabs. It was like, "Oh, lady, stop! Oh, you're hitting me." She flips out, kicks him again, and the second time he grabs her is when he's in trouble because she kicked him pretty good and he's seeing stars. Yeah. And he's underwater. He might be drowning, so he grabs her again. And it wasn't her scaring him away. It was him dying. (laughs) That could be it. I mean, you've been in the pool at my house with your kids. You know when you first got them in there and they were freaking out over not being able to swim? They're kicking and flailing like little kung fu ninja people, and they're just kicking the hell out of you. and. Okay, well, if you're a water monster and you're just chilling out and waiting for, I don't know. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't care if you are a swamp river monster. If you get a a toe in the eye, that's going to hurt anybody. That's right. But yeah, those are some events. Un, some unusual events. Floating silver monkeys. Floating silver monkeys. Black lagoon monster. If I ever had a pet monkey, I think I would spray paint him uh, silver. I wouldn't. Why? He's just. It's too easy to spot, dude. Oh. I want my monkey stealthy. Stealth monkey? Yeah. Or at least have a little pirate outfit on. I don't know. That, that might go on the point of being scary if you had a pirate monkey. What kind of monkey are we talking? Capuchin or? Oh, no. <laughs> no Everybody's got a capuchin. One of those rhesus monkeys. No. They spread disease. No, they, they're chocolatey peanut butter goodness. <laughs> you know they're only good, though, when they're in the shape of an egg. That's, That's just right. the right proportion. Not a pumpkin. Not, not a, a Christmas tree. And not a cup. It has to be an egg. Yeah, it's got to be an egg. That's right. My wife still reminds me about how you ate all of the ones she had. Yeah, well, that's probably why I have the sugar peas now. Sugars. But anyway, suppose that will uh, wrap up the uh, main part of the uh, show, our first one. Uh, one thing I think we will do, I think this would be a good addition to the show, Chad, mm-hmm. is... Each show, at the end, before we do our sign-off and give all of our deets, okay. one of us, I believe, should do, you know, just a minute or two editorial. And I believe this week, for our inaugural show, it should be you. <laughs> just go on a rant? No, it's any anything, I mean, paranormal-related would be the best, mm-hmm. but any kind of weird, odd topic you pick, you can either be give it rave reviews and tell how great it is, or you can flat out rail against it and tell why it's the downfall of humanity. Now, do you want me to just generalize, or do you want me to be able to reach into a personal experience and it talk is, about it? It or? is your two minutes of fame, sir. Good. It is it is the two-minute Chad Smith editorial of greatness. Okay. So, uh, it doesn't have to be two minutes. Okay. So, just go. Ready? Go. Go. Okay. Well, what I want to say is, I want to talk about Bigfoot. And I'll tell you why I want to talk about Bigfoot. Because there's a lot of people out there that will tell you Bigfoot's not real. They haven't seen a body, haven't seen bones, haven't seen, you know, Bigfoot strolling into a trailer park. Well, I mean, some people say they've seen him, but they've got no proof. They can't ever get a picture. He's just blurry. But I'm going to tell you something. 
in the early 1980s on a practically abandoned road near my home. Myself, my mother, my aunt, my cousin riding in a car. And we saw a creature cross the road. And it was snow white. All of us saw it. The memory even now is very vivid. Creature crossed the road in about two steps. It's a two-lane highway with two emergency lanes. It was on the old 1638 road before they moved it over. It went near Otter Creek. And it crossed where a rock bank came up and where it went down on the other side. Now, that area is not the same since they moved the road. We all saw it. We all talked about it a little bit. And then we just kind of let it go. And then... It was probably about a month later. My mother and I were coming back on that road from Louisville about the same time of night, and we saw it one more time. And it wasn't long after that they began construction on moving that road over, and I never saw it again. Now, it's true, I as a kid, I was interested in weird things. I watched In Search of with Leonard Nimoy, and I always enjoyed the uh, Mysterious Monsters programs, things about 8 Canyon, all that stuff. But... You know, if I just came up with a story on my own or I was the only one that saw it, and I, I could honestly say, yeah, maybe those things kind of influenced me. But no, there was an adult. We saw it. And it was years later that I'd gone to a convention and I was talking to somebody about it. And they started talking about Sheep Squatch. Now, Hardin County is right next to Me County. There was a lot of sightings of this big white monster. Had little horns, though. That's where I got the Sheep Squatch name. And people had seen these big, white, Bigfoot-like creatures. And also, I saw on the Finding Bigfoot show, that they said that white Bigfoot were really predominant in the early 1980s. Uh, so, here it is. I'm going to throw this out there. There was no reason for that time of night, at that place on the highway, for somebody to be just strolling around as a hoax and do it at the same time again. So, I really believe that I saw something that was a big, hairy, bipedal creature. For anybody else that's ever had one of those experiences, and you know, I've heard lots of things on other podcasts, they are they don't want to go back in the woods. They're afraid. I could see that. And if you've never really experienced something like that yourself, you've never come in contact with something weird like that, I could see why you'd be skeptical. I could see why you'd be skeptical about the footprints and a lot of the pictures you see, but I'm going to tell you right now that if I had to say that I'm a believer and tell people that I believe in it, it's, it's true. I do. I believe there's something out there. I think it's smart. Um, it's just not going to leave dead bodies laying around. And, you know, people say there's government cover-ups and all this other stuff. I don't know. That area was around Fort Knox. It was a reservation. But just saying what I saw. So I just want to throw it out there. If you believe in Bigfoot, I'm never going to scoff at anybody that has a belief in something. If you believe in Bigfoot, I completely understand. Ding. Because I do, too. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't tell you that it could be as long as you wanted. <sighs> well, <laughs> if that could be the first and last. Oh, no. The so editorial will stay forever. Oh. You just wait till I get mine. Oh, boy. It's not going to be a, hey, guess what? Everybody should believe in Bigfoot. I don't think everybody should believe. Yes, you do. But I think if you do believe... Because you've seen something. Okay, we okay. Wait, no, we're not going back down this road. Stop. No, we can't. No, stop. Let's turn around. No, Let's turn around. And look there's, again. there's no reverse on this wagon. Uh, if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback for us, or you, you want to tell us how much we suck, or say like, "Hey, good job on your first show. <laughs> you, you got me through that hour of walking." That's right. I, I treadmill seemed like it was nothing, or ellipse, or seemed like it would never end. That's right. But at least I was mad at you guys for sucking instead of sweating. That's true. Well, you know, this is new. 
First time we've done it. That's right. So if you got suggestions. We have no to, rhythm. That's true. Yeah, but anyway, if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, you can send us an email at pongpodcast at gmail.com. Is no. that P-O-N-G? That's right, Chad. You may be wondering, why Pong Podcast? Atari. Well, I do like the game. Boop. But paranormal Boop. guys just oh. happens to spell out Pong. Wow, that was smart. Who came up with paranormal guys? I think that was me, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was you. I wanted really awesome, cool paranormal show. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Pongpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us any kind of email, feedback, suggestions, whatever the heck. Say hi. Stories. Stories. Always like stories. Stories. You can find us online at our website at paronormalguys.com. It's P-A-I-R-O normalguys.com. Wow. Shut up. And you can also find the show on iTunes where you can go ahead and subscribe if you so choose. And hey, while you're doing that, go ahead and give us an awesome rating if you want to that would help a lot we have all kinds of stuff here you can you can uh follow us on twitter at pong podcast uh we are on instagram which i took some really great pictures of chad talking while we were recording the show tonight and got out the official paranormal guy selfie stick <laughs> shut up and took a picture of uh me paro teenage girl guys paro it was on clearance and thought it would be awesome oh so yeah uh, but we're on Instagram at Guys. And one other thing, uh, if you go to our website, we are going to have a little section set up to where if you like the show at all and think, hey, I want to help these guys out with web fees for the website, for the podcast hosting, for new equipment, for a better pair of headphones for Chad, anything like that. <laughs> Uh, you can go onto our website, which, like I said, is paronormalguys.com, and click on support, and that'll take you to the page where you can donate anything you want. I think you can donate as little as a dollar. It may even be a penny. And as much as what would buy Chad a new drone. Well, I've never really had a drone, just a drone. Okay, a drone, nice. sorry. But, uh, no, the thing is, we want to do this for, for fun. We want people to enjoy it. We're not doing this to make money. But it gets expensive. You know, we're having to just yeah pay all this extra stuff, but we want to keep it going. When Chad says we, he means me. Mm-hmm. I bought that box. You did. But, uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you like the show, <laughs> you want to help out, it's always greatly appreciated. We just want you to enjoy the show. We want suggestions. We love stories. You know, love If you want to get your story read on here, be happy to share those. And uh, one other thing for right now, we are going to do the show every other week, which mm-hmm. if it picks up and we get a lot of feedback saying, hey, this is awesome, we may go ahead and kick it up to once a week. Yep. The music for Pair O Normal Guys is from Eye of the Storm by William Blanchard. You can find all of his amazing music as well as that of many other talented artists at soundclick.com. Chad Smith. I believe that is a good ending for the show. Well, Chris Caffrey, I think it is too. I enjoyed it. It may uh, be a little rough around the edges, but I did enjoy it. So thank you for listening to Paranormal Guys. That's right. Thank you. Everybody take care. See you in two weeks. Bye.